Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Oh, good morning. Christy and I got a chance to go up to Hume Lake as well. We didn't sleep in the cabins like the rest of the team, but... um, we were there and we brought snacks to the middle school, junior high camp every night. They had some snacks there to you know, give them some more sugar so they could just enjoy the time. But <clears throat> what an incredible week at Hume. Uh, I mean, just the stories here, uh, seeing students make decisions for Christ, seeing students grow in their faith and grapple with some of the issues of life. It is incredible. Hume Lake is an amazing place. Um, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to go Every year for the past 40 some years, haven't missed a year yet. It's, it's uh, by the way, my name is Mike, one of the pastors here and God has his hand on Hume Lake in an incredible way. When you're out in his grand creation, uh, it is awe-inspiring. You know, you can, you can feel the grandeur. Uh, the majesty, the immenseness, the beauty of God from the incredible uh, ponderosa pines to the redwood trees, to the little ferns on the ground, to the lake, all the little bugs, all of that. Romans 1.20 says for his, meaning God's, Jesus's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they're without excuse. How can you say there is no God when you look at all the incredible, his incredible creation, like the, like the giant redwoods, they're hundreds of feet tall. How does the water get from through the roots and pumped all the way up with no pumps or valves or that? God just created it that way. Or you're walking along, you see this little bug in the sand and he, he's moving along and, and God has intricately created that bug to do exactly what he's supposed to do. And, and all of the different things, the, the, the ferns, everything is just in, in such an intricate design. And, and, and even when you, especially when you go to Hume, there, I roll up my, down my window. Uh, it just shows how old I am. Roll down window. <laughs> I roll down the window. Um, and, 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 and you smell the smell of the ponderosa pines. Uh, those who, students who went, who I got a chance to talk to, I encourage them to go smell a tree the Ponderosa pines, because they smell like vanilla. One kid said they smell like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you know, and it all just happened. <laughs> Not a chance. A, a divine designer put it all together, and it is awesome. Not, and not just Hume Lake. Beaches, mountains, deserts, the night sky. <laughs> Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The sky is proclaim his handiwork. Christy and I were walking back from distributing the, the little uh, gift bags to the uh, junior high students. And uh, we were just walking there and we stopped for a moment and you look up at the night sky and it just seems to just keep getting closer and closer as every star begins to light up and there's hundreds and thousands and bazillions of them. And you look at how vast God's creation is and you just go, wow. And you feel so, so small. And yet God is, is so vast and yet feels so incredibly personal to us. Because God says to humans in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, the last half of that verse, it says, I have loved you, God says, with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness. That's the Hebrew word chesed, 
to you. That's God's loyal love towards us. God, though vast and huge and, and, and in all creation, his fingerprints on everything, loves us completely. Uh, he, and he's committed to us. Psalm 147, verse three, he heals the brokenhearted. Psalm 118, verse six, the Lord is on my side. Romans 8, 31, God is for us. And when we choose to be part of his amazing, royal, incredible family, he gives us belonging and purpose and fulfillment because we can be part of his great plan, connected to him, hint to what you receive when you walk in. If you're online, sorry, we didn't get you one, but a little tiny piece, I'll explain that in a moment. But our students caught that this week up at Hume Lake Christian Camp. They, that they are part of what God's doing. And for that's really what Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 are all about. We've been studying through the Bible book of Psalms uh, the last part of that book called Book 5, which is Psalm 107 to Psalm 150. Uh, th this book uh, focuses, the last part of the Psalms, it focuses on how awesome and incredible and amazing God is and how we can be connected to him and part of what he's doing. And right here in Psalm 111 and Psalm 112, it brings out again God's plan and that we can partner with him. For partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. And so this morning, I'd like for us to discover four awesome realities of God and three ways to partner with him in Psalm 111 and Psalm 112. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind standing to your feet, uh, if you're able, and let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning. Because I believe God has something for you this morning. Father God, thank you for all you, the work you did in the lives and hearts of those who went up to Hume, Lord, what an incredible time. And Lord, even this morning, because we can have Hume at home because the same elements are here. This maybe not as intense with the scenery and all the people, but we can have that same connection with you. And so this morning, as we delve into your word, God, may you challenge us and encourage us, cause us to understand and know what you want us to know uh, from this morning's time in your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I encourage you to take out your Bibles and open up to the Bible book of Psalms. Psalm 111 is where we'll start. Uh, and I encourage you to also take out uh, uh, the, out of your worship folder, there's a place to jot down some notes. If you're online, you can get one of these, or just grab a piece of paper and I encourage you to jot down some notes. Always good to write down uh, what you learn in those uh, other verses. Also want to encourage you, uh, you can get this online as well, to gather one of our um, study guides. Uh, they're in the back at this double doors and turn left at resource desk there. All the extra verses that are mentioned are listed here in the fill in the blanks. Plus there's a number of questions that you can go through. Many of our life groups uh, do that. And if your life group's not many, you can do it for personal Bible study. Because our hope is that you would take this time in God's word and use it as a launch pad for your own personal study throughout this week. And to help you, we have a webpage uh, on there. There's a revive section. It has a lot of different resources for you, some links and things you can look at, and also a link to our podcast that we do most each week where we go a little deeper or take a little path that challenges us in the subject that we're dealing with this morning. Well, Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 go together. Uh, they are connected with both being alphabetic acrostic Psalms uh, with each line starting with a subsequent letter of the Hebrew alphabet after the phrase hallelujah or praise the Lord. Uh, they both focus on the fear of the Lord. We'll talk about that in a moment, that reverent respect of connecting with God and partnering with him in life. And both have some key vocabulary words that are about that are the same in them. But um, let's look at these Psalms and 
understand these four realities of God and, and three ways to partner with him because partnering with our amazing God does change our world and then we thrive. Well, Psalm 111 contains these four awesome realities of God that are so praiseworthy, the psalmist just starts off by going off. And so let's look at Psalm 111 verses uh, one to four here. He says, praise the Lord. It's Hebrew, hallelujah. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. It's expressing appreciation and wonder for how amazing and awesome and great God is. And they just, you know, you see a lot of exclamation points. There's excitement in this. Verses uh, uh, two and three, great are the works of the Lord, studied with all who delight in them, full of splendor and majesty is the work of his righteousness he endures forever. God is amazing. It is evident in all that God has created. And if you've been any of the beautiful nature scenes that we've discussed or your favorite one, you can sense the glory and the amazing reality of God in what he has made. Verse four, he has caused, he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. God is amazing. And God changes lives. He, he, as you think of all the decisions that were made at Hume, impactful decisions. I know when I was a, a student, I went to Hume and made some decisions that I'm still living out today. And it's, it's an impactful time. And God is in that he causes wonderful works to remember that the, the things he's done in our own life. God is amazing. And now let's look at these four awesome realities of God. The first is God's provision. Look at verse five. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. God provides us with so much. He provides us these amazing uh, bodies. You know, just kind of wiggle your thumb a little bit. You know, just go ahead. Come on, wiggle your thumb. There's at least some exercise you can get today, right? Um, It's amazing. You are the only creature that has a thumb like that. It's incredible how God has created us. He, he sustains us in nature, the air we breathe, the food that we're able to take in and the ability to understand. Uh, but God also provides miraculously. Some of you have experienced that if you prayed for something and God miraculously does that. Uh, uh, Patsy just talked about a friend who they've been praying for miraculously wakes up and is hungry and all of those things. God does some miraculous things. Well, I have, I, Christy and I have experienced that when we were struggling, youth pastor salary, dirt poor, God provided groceries. We were out on a missions trip at one point and it was in Africa and, and the rain was coming and we we're doing this outdoor uh, opportunity to show the Jesus film in, in French in the uh, in west part of Africa. And if the rain came, it would stop that. So they had us, had us pray to stop the rain. Now I'm thinking, okay, great. You know, I've never seen God do that kind of a miracle. But as the rains came, and when it rains in Africa, it doesn't just, you know, sprinkle like what we experience here. It just rains. And it comes down, and you, it almost beats you to the ground. But this rain was coming. We could see it. We prayed. We stood. All the missionary kids stood and, and prayed. And that rain actually came and went around the entire uh, plane where we were showing the video. And you could actually stand here and dry and hold out your hand. And it was wet. God performed a miracle because he does stuff like that. God is miraculous. And he can meet with us and, and, you know, he provides funds and maybe it was a friend calling when you feel the most down or, or you think, oh, just coincidence, I bumped into you. Mm-mm. God miraculously provides. Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God will supply every need 
of yours according to his riches in his glory in Christ Jesus. He does. And many times he asks us to help provide and give that provision. Many of you gave to the camp aid fund. And God used that to allow a student to go to camp and it changed their life. I mean, that's how I went to camp. Growing up in a single mom's family and trying to struggle it and God provided by, by just other people giving that I was had a chance to go to camp and it made an internal difference in my life. God wants to partner with you and to have you be part of what he's doing. And many a times that, that is in supply for our partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. Another of God's amazing realities is we have belonging in God. Look at verse six. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them an inheritance of the nations. See, when we come to faith in Jesus, when we realize that we're sinful, that we need a savior and that it's Jesus, we become part of his family. Actually, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter one, verse five, it says we're adopted in. We were part of his family, adopted in. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, it says we're grafted in. Grafting is when you take a little slice of a, a tree and you put another branch in it. When we lived in Alaska, they did, had an experimental farm there. And I saw a tree, a citrus tree with limes, lemons, uh, tangerines, tangelos, and oranges all on one tree because they grafted it all in there. And it's amazing how we are grafted into to Christ in that way when we become part of his family. I, I love, I never get tired of reading this verse in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 when it says, but when you come to faith in Jesus, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession that you, we may be claimed the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. We are family. We're part of God's family. We have a tribe. We have a people. <laughs> uh, and, and, it's, and it's greater than our own ethnicity. It, it, we're part of God's family. Uh, you know, um, how many of you have uh, seen the, the, uh, the Disney film Toy Story? What was on the bottom of Woody's shoe? Yeah, so this is what should be on the bottom of your shoe. <laughs> and we get to partner with God. You see, we get to partner with God because we, as part of his family, we can include others. We can say, hey, come to church. Hey, come, come to youth group. Hey, come be part of what we're doing. Hey, come to Hume Lake and meet this incredible God that I know. I would not be here. I mean, God might have used another person, but I would not be here if my junior high friend, Jeff, had not invited me to church. God wants to use you. He wants to, you to partner with what he's doing and, and connect with him to have others create and be part of that belonging that he has for us. For partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. Another of God's amazing realities uh, is, is, God's trust, is God is trustworthy. Look at verses seven and eight of Psalm 111. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. All God does and says is sure. It's, it's faithful, it's trustworthy, it's right. We can count on God. 
We can place our trust in him. He will not let us down. He will not abandon you. And he is for you. If you ever wondered that, write down this verse and memorize it. Psalm 41.10, fear not for God says, I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's God. Hang on to that truth. Believe in that truth. Now, I know life is not easy, especially now. Times get rough. And life can be extremely difficult and hurts are abundant. But God will help and guide and comfort as we lean on him. He even lets us just partner with him. I, I, I hear story after story, whether it's from a life group or just from someone that you live next to, how God has used you to help somebody else with the same uh, struggles that you've gone through and how God's comforted you. Now you can pass on that to other people. I love how God directs his people to help others. You've been directed that way. Some of you, I know, have heard your story. God just gave me a thought to call this person. And Mike, did you know what happened? It was right at the right time. God does stuff like that when we're available to him. We're partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. One more amazing reality with God is that we have redemption through Christ. Look at verse 9. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his servants forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The problem with all of humanity is we have this horrible disease. We were born with it. It's way worse than COVID. It's a killer. And if we don't get rid of it, we will be forever separated from God. We will have a horrible afterlife and it will just be terrible. We won't even be able to be who all we were created to be now. And there's no human cure to this disease, nothing. We can't try to fix it by going to church. We can't try to you know, memorize as much Bible and somehow it cancels out. There's no way we need a savior. And that's why Jesus came. He came, lived his life, showed us how to relate to God, but also took the weight of this, of this disease on himself, his sin, and hung on a cross, died. And then he rose again saying that he's the cure. And all we need to do to receive that is to take it in and believe it in faith. That means we trust in God, that he is our savior and believe that he can save us from our sin. And then we're part of his family and we have been redeemed from the horribleness of life. And God lets us be part of that with other people. Acts 1.8 says, go therefore and be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria to the othermost parts of the world. God wants us to be able to share this good news with other people. And not only that, in Mark 16.15, he says, go and preach the gospel Tell other people the good gospel is good news. The good news is Jesus is our cure, our savior. And how great is that? We get to help people find the greatest truth in the world that will truly help them. See, partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. Well, Psalm 111 ends and Psalm 112 begins with our partnership with God as we choose to be in awe, this reverent respect of God, the fear of the Lord. Look at verse 10 of Psalm 111 and then verse one of Psalm 112. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who participate in it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. 
verse 1 of 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. That fear of the Lord is that uh, reverent respect of God that where he is that highest and greatest influence of our life. Instead of the, <laughs> the most important TikTok influencer or online influencer, it's God who's the one who influences us. He's the one that we listen to. He's the one that we set our pattern of life to. He's the one that we look to and, and, and uh, seek to align life to. And so now on to more opportunities to partner with our awesome, amazing God in Psalm 112, three ways to partner with God. The first is to be, is that uh, the example in, of, and that we should be to follow God, verses uh, one to four of this. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and righteous. As the verse starts out, praise the Lord. There's a delight and a joy that comes when we have that opportunity to follow God finding our joy in living life his way and, <clears throat> and following his path. Now, um, I have a confession to make to you all. Um, it's not easy for me to say, but um, I have a hard time following instructions. I've always been that way. You know, you get the Ikea furniture, and you open it up, and the first thing I do is throw away the instructions because, hey, I can do this. Some of you were with us last week and heard about me rebuilding my uh, Ford Mustang engine, didn't look at any instructions, and it got me in trouble. And it usually does because the truth is the manufacturer put the instructions there to help us, and, and we need to follow them. I, I think I just get too much into myself or thinking that I'm... T- all that, and, and yet the manufacturer has a plan, so why not follow it? When we do, it's better for us. God has given us directions and help along the way to help us in life. And he's also put people in our path <clears throat> that we can watch how they live life and we can follow them. That's why uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. It's letting the light of God shine in us and then being able to shine it on others. This past um, Saturday, uh, or just yesterday, Christy and I had the opportunity to go down to San Diego and uh, I got the chance to share at one of my mentors' memorial service. Um, Jim Bradbury. Um, Christy and I met Jim and, and Mary Lou when we were first... Uh, starting out in ministry, really we were engaged. We were at College Avenue Baptist Church and young and engaged and Jim and Mary Lou just kind of took us in. We just conveniently showed up there at dinner time, <laughs> and they were always willing to take us in. And, and, and I, I just wanted, because I didn't have a real dad to look up to and I just always have tried to attach myself to older men so that I could know more and know how to live life. And I really liked Jim. I really liked his garage. Um, and just all his tools all in the right place. And he was rebuilding a, a car engine. And I was, you know, I was in there with him. And, and a while back, I, I, it was getting towards Christi, Christmas and I wanted to make Christy something. And so, cause Jim was really good at woodworking and everything with his hands. And so I said, Jim, would you help me make something for Christy? And 
So he said yes, and actually Mary Lou was helping Christy make something and Jim was mentoring me in how to do woodwork. And so I made this um, oak trash can. Why I chose to make an oak trash can, I have no idea. But one of the things that, that Jim taught me is that is as I was working on this, I, you know, he, he said, oh, you need to sand this. And so I, you know, I, you know, sand it a little bit. Am I done? No. Sand a little bit. Am I done? And then I noticed he had an electric sander in his workbench. I said, well, can I use that? He goes, no, you need to put some, you know, sweat into this. And I go, Jim, and every time, no, no, do more. And I go, then, you know, as I was grousing about this, he came to me and he said, Mike, this is for Christy, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, do you love Christy? Oh, yes, I love her so much. I can't wait to marry her and it's gonna be so fun. And, and, and he goes, well, then let love show. Sand that thing. And man, I sanded that thing. Like, mm, it's smooth. And, and that, but one of the things that I learned from Jim as a mentor, as I watched his life, he told me time and time again, let love show. And it affected my life because I saw this man of God Constantly opening his Bible, he let love show for his Savior. He served in the church. He helped out. He was kind and generous and all of those things. I mean, I want to be like that guy. And I saw him love his wife because he let love show. I saw him love his kids. He let love show. One of the things that I learned from Jim is to let love show. Just like the apostle Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I was looking at Jim who was looking at Christ and he challenged me to let love show. It's letting the light of God shine through us. You see, as we partner with our amazing God, God changes our world and we thrive. Another way to partner with God, living out this fear of the Lord is to live generously. Look at verses now five and then nine through 10. Remember how it jumps around like that. It is well, verse five of Psalm 112, it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Verse nine and 10, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away and the desires of his wicked will perish. The wicked don't like generosity because it reveals their heart. They don't wanna give, they're self-focused. But those who have experienced God's generosity and his love and his provision, they love to give. Now, giving is a habit that we need to practice. I know that for me, growing up in a poor family, I just wanted to keep everything because I didn't know, you know, if I'd be able to have it. And yet God reminded me time and time again through practice to learn to live, generos- live generously. And as we follow God's teachings and how much he gave to us, wow, it is fun to give. And it's fun to even give sacrificially. And so why not? It's, so it's easy to be stingy in life, but, but God wants us to give. Matter of fact, let me just jump to this one verse. If you have your Bible, turn over to Malachi chapter three. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, or if you're, you don't want to pronounce it Malachi, I guess you could do that. But uh, Malachi chapter uh, three, verse 10, it says, now bring the full tithe in the storehouse. Tithe is, is the, 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 the principle of giving a 10th of your income, a 10th of what you receive. It's, it's, a, it's a goal to shoot 
towards and then to go past because generosity challenges that way. Bring the full tithes in the storehouse that, that there may be food in my house and hereby put me to the test in this, says the Lord of hosts. And I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessings until there is no more need. I rebuke the devourer and, uh, for you so that you will not destroy the fruits of your soil and that your vines and, and, and your fields shall bear fruit, says the Lord of hosts. That we're to test God in this area of giving and to stretch forward in that. One of the most difficult things we have is, man, we have a death grip on the money we have. And we realize that really it's all from God. And God, as we say most every time we do an offering, God loves a cheerful giver. Actually, the word in that verse is hilarious. That we're laughing hysterically because we get the chance to give to what God is doing. So why not be more generous? Come on, buy some Girl Scout cookies. You don't have to eat them. Give them away to someone else. Then you've given twice. How cool is that? If you need some recipients of that, I'd be happy to... Think, you know, but, uh, you know, give to those who are uh, available to your school, to your community, to your church. Be a generous person. Now, again, I got to say this because we live in a crazy world. You need to be discerning. You need to think about what you're giving, the resources that God has given to you. That's called being a good steward. And even, even here, some of you have experienced that. You've received a text or an email from me. Oh, how could you get some gift cards and send it to this address? Don't ever do that. I would not ask you to do that. And if you get something like that, call me back. Say, Mike, did you send this to me? Because there's scams out there that even use my name and it's happened. It happens at least three or four times a year. So get ready some way it's going to happen to you. It's not that our systems are breached. It's the internet fishes through, oh, neighborhood church. Oh, so-and-so and puts them together. And it's weird how they do that. But God has given us our resources that we can partner with what he's doing. So get creative and live generously for partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. One more way to partner with God living out this fear of the Lord is to choose endurance. Go back to to, uh, Psalms 112, the last couple of verses in that that we'll look at is verses six through eight. For the righteous will never be moved. We're to choose endurance for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. The righteous are those who seek God's right way of life. They've come to faith in Christ they understand their sinful need of Savior and is Jesus, and they're seeking to live life his way. And they look to God as that highest influence. And they have grown to trust in him in good times and in difficult times. And there is no fear in bad times or when people come at us. You know, it, these days, fear is so easily stepped into, be it economically or socially or government-wise or medically, there's so many things to fear. And how do we not let fear overtake us? It's a reliance on God. Like David, who faced a giant issue. If you want to read about David and Goliath, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, What's amazing about this story is David facing the giant wasn't the first difficult thing he faced. 
If you read about the story, you can find out that David is a shepherd. And as a shepherd, he had to take care of his sheep. And so he was doing that time and time again. And there would be different adversaries that would come against him, whether it be uh, wolves or lions or bears, they would come and David would have to fight them off using his sling or his staff. Well, David, at one particular point, comes up the army of God and David's brothers were all in that. They, They left him because he was the smallest back with the sheep. They were there fighting the Philistines. And time and time again, actually days and days and days and days, this one giant came up named Goliath, huge guy, says, okay, let's, let's not have this big war. I'll just take on your champion and winner takes all. And in that, this Goliath decides to taunt and to curse the God of the heavens, the God of Israel. Well, David happens to hear this and kind of says, who is this guy who dares taunt the army of the living God? And no, he says, is there anybody who's going to go forward with him? And they're going, no, no, no. And David says, I'll go. So he grabs up five stones and that's, that's important. Why five? You can dwell on that at some time. He grabs five stones and runs to the battle line, takes his sling and God uses that to be allowed David to kill Goliath. He didn't just do it all at once. It was steps of trusting God in the little things. Now you may say a lion and a bear and a wolf were not little things, but they were a lot smaller than Goliath. But it takes risk. And God wants us to choose endurance. And by by taking risks and stepping forward and seeing God work, step by step trusting in God, taking those risks. And we're to partner with God, to take risks in the little things, to step forward, to build that endurance so that when that Goliath comes, we step up. For partnering with our amazing God changes our world and we thrive. You're probably wondering why I gave you one of these little connecting blocks. Looks like a little giant, little giant, <laughs> a little puzzle piece. Um, the reason why is that this manufacturer created these things to make things. Look, Haley made a little person um, out of these. And, uh, but God, you're like this little connecting block and God has a plan and he wants you to take that and connect it with others to make something amazing. God wants to partner with you. You're not just this lone piece thrown out there. You actually are designed to connect, mostly to God, but also with others to do something incredible. So I want you to have this as a reminder that you are part of something that God is doing. And he wants you to connect with him, to give of your time and your talents and your resources to partner with God, with what he's doing in your neighborhood, in your community, in your school, with your friends at church, in our world. Inside your worship folder, there's an opportunity for you to participate in, uh, in our Bible day camp, our vacation Bible school. Uh, you can be part of that. You, you can give snacks. I think there's even some opportunity where you can help out. Pick up this flyer and, and check it out and see how you might be able to partner. Take some risks in that and see what God does. He wants to build in you in that endurance. God is amazing. And he gives us provision and belonging and security and redemption. And we can partner with him by by following and being generous and choosing endurance for partnering with our amazing God changes our world (laughs) and we get to thrive. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for these incredible two Psalms that just unite together 
to tell us how amazing you are and then challenging us to partner with you. Lord, that is awesome. We don't are just set here as, as blobs of flesh in this world to try to exist. We are actually like that piece that we have in our hand to connect with others and to connect with you and to be part of something that's amazing in our world. And in that, Lord, we know we thrive. So God, help us to find our place to where we connect, to where we are part of what you're doing and use us in a tremendous way. We thank you for that. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.